0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, we're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host Simon Fink and welcome to episode 297. This has to be one of my favorite introductions ever, simply because of the band name. Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers are our guest on the pod today. More specifically, Jada Stevenson, who plays bass in the band, is our guest. The Aussie punk rock group are releasing their debut record today titled, I Love You. It is an absolute blast of a record to listen to, and it was produced by the one and only Oscar Dawson from Holy Holy, who some might recognize as one of our guests who we recently had on this very podcast. Before we get to our chat with Jada, please make sure you subscribe to this pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever app that you use, and ensure that you follow us across all of our social media channels. Details for everything can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guest today is Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers. The Canberra-based four-piece have been writing music together since forming all the way back in 2015. Having formed after a slumber party where School of Rock was playing, the band have consistently put out high-octane punk rock music that they say channels Riot Girl era energy with a modern spin. They've played festivals across Australia and in the UK and have supported artists like DMAs across our fair country. Today, they're releasing their incredible debut record, which is titled I Love You. The record, which was produced by Holy Holies' Oscar Dawson, continues to show Teen Jesus' punk rock strength, but also showcases some more tender moments as well. In today's conversation, we're talking to bassist Jada Stevenson about this new record and the long road to making it. We discuss the band's democratic songwriting methods and the strength that each member holds when it comes to bringing songs to the table. We talk about working with Oscar Dawson and what it's like having a producer on the record this time around. And lastly, but definitely not least, we talk about how Teen Jesus will be supporting the Foo Fighters in Melbourne later this year. I Love You is out today, and we've left links within the show notes so that you can go and buy the record and catch them on their tour. We also want to say a massive thank you to Jenna from Super Duper for her help with this episode. Here is our conversation with Jada, from Teen Jesus
1: and the Gene Teasers.
0: Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Jada Stevenson from Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers. Jada, hello, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks, how are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm really excited because it is an incredibly busy time for yourselves at the moment, but an exciting time as well. The debut record for Teen Jesus is out as of as of right now. Congratulations. How you got how are you feeling about about this record?
1: Thank you so much. I guess we're just so excited to have it out in the world. Like, um, obviously with records, they take a long time to make and this one's been in the process of birth nearly over a year now so um, it's just exciting to have that in the world and people should be able to listen to our music and yeah it's really cool
0: I feel like it's been such a long time coming and I know that there's a lot of people incredibly excited about this record, the band I think, um, what was it, having formed 2015 and then the first EP in I think 2020, I imagine this is kind of, I don't want to say a weight off your shoulders but I imagine that building towards an album this must be a bit of a relief for you guys as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, especially I'm excited for people to go onto our Spotify or Apple Music or whatever and be able to listen to more than like five songs that actually have like a whole discography they can listen to. Like I feel like at the moment people will be like, oh, let's put on Teen Jesus and it'll kind of all be over in about 20 minutes. So it's going to be good <laughs> to have like a big, yeah, big discography of songs available.
0: One hundred percent. I have to say, um, actually, I'll very quickly mention the album is called I Love You. Uh, It's a stunning record. So congratulations on this. I think that, um, that all four of you have just done such a brilliant job with this record. It seems like you've kind of taken what Teen Jesus was good at anyway and kind of built on those foundations and evolved them. And you're all, to my understanding, four brilliant songwriters in your own right with this record did anything kind of change in your music making methods this time around?
1: Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. Um, I think because uh, we all live in different states, so it is a bit hard to get together and write sometimes. So we usually all write songs individually, and then we'll bring them together as a band and kind of build on those. But with a lot of the songs on this album, we came together for like writing weeks and uh, we were in Airbnbs for like you know, two or three weeks at a time. and We would all write together together. Um, which is really, really fun. Like this like collaborative effort, which we hadn't really done before, like, you know, like done it to a degree. I think all music making is collaborative, but like, this was like very, like a big shared experience, which was really, really awesome. Yeah.
0: That's very cool. I know that um, I think for the first time in, since the band's inception that you've worked with a producer as well in the form of um, the lovely Oscar Dawson for this record.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was incredible. Like every, he just came up with so many ideas and just helped us out so much and was so respectful and um, really understood what like Teen Jesus was about and the kind of image and the album we wanted to make. Um, and yeah, he would always just like give us all these ideas, put them down on the table would be like, you know, you you choose if you want them or not, didn't push anything on us. And he was just like, he's one of the most talented men I've ever met in my entire life, like, like musician wise, songwriting wise, and just like a really, really nice person
0: would 100% agree with that sentiment it seems that like on top of all of his talented um accomplishments he just seems like a very um generally lovely man as well which is um which is I guess nice to hear um in relation to having a bringing a producer in what spurned um that kind of idea because I know that I think previously you guys have self-produced some of your own stuff
1: yeah, yeah, we have before. Uh, we did have um, James Pidswell produce the EP. So mm-hmm. we, we have had a producer in before, but I think they're very different vibes. Like they're both <laughs> incredible people, but James Pidswell, like obviously from Violent Soho, is very heavy, like kind of ballad focused. And Oscar Dawson, uh, is his main project is Holy Holy, and they're more kind of chill um, pop focused, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was like... Really, really interesting bringing him on and, yeah, hearing all of his ideas.
0: The record itself is a, uh, I'll continue to sing its praises, but um, it is this gorgeous record in terms of that it's still very much Teen Jesus. The sound that you guys have kind of evolved on this record, it seems like that there's some more, I want to say, softer or more intimate moments, which I initially wasn't expecting, but then I found myself returning to just as much as the um the the louder tracks if you will um time and time again was that a decision that yourself and the other girls made um I guess from the get-go of starting to write the record or was it just kind of an organic thing that you came across as you were writing songs
1: yeah it was from the get-go I'd say even before that like I remember when we were um, writing the previous EP and we actually wanted to include some softer songs on that, but we had to be like, no, nah, the this EP has to be like a punchy, like really short, fast, loud one. And so we were so, so excited to get some of our like softer, more sentimental songs out because I think that they are like equally as teenagers as the heavy and hard songs, but people just don't get to hear them as much. And a lot of the heavier songs actually, they all started out from being these kind of soft songs and most of them did like they all, we all kind of write them, on a guitar in our bedrooms, and we're feeling sad, and they sound like a Julia Jacklin song, and then we take them to the band, and <laughs> it turns into this like big loud circus of like music. Um, so we were super excited to like yeah have the variety and for people to hear that softer side.
0: One hundred percent. I think what was it? Um, toe bone and your house, my house. Brilliant, kind of more intimate. And, and um, there is another word that I'm, I can't think of at this very moment, but just these incredibly um, warm sounding and very close, I guess intimate is the right word, um, sounding songs for this record. Were you surprised, I guess, not in being able to record them, but I guess how they turned out in terms of, I guess, the final product and how they sound now on the record?
1: Yeah, definitely a bit surprised. I think Your House My House, like every time I'd show someone, they were really pushing for us to have this like big, crazy ending, like, you know, classic. Classic changes Teen Jesus style kind of like 505 by Optic Monkeys where it gets really heavy and we had to keep on being like no nah, we want this song to be like a little special pocket of like sweetness in the album and uh, it actually sounds so much like the demo like I remember we did the demo and we were like we're so happy with how this sounds so when we record it in the studio we want it to sound like as close to that as possible i think because it's like a really raw sounding song and a very raw song so just wanted to like keep that emotion in there and yeah toe bone was like the last addition to the album it, like i don't think it was even written when we started recording the album and um scarlet brought it to the table and it just fits fit so well and it, it's like a little love letter from scarlet to the rest of us which is really cute it's yeah very sweet song
0: I love that. And now with that added context, I think the song almost takes on like another little layer to it in a way.
1: Mm, Definitely.
0: (laughs) Um, One of my favorite tracks that I, as I mentioned, kept kind of coming back to was Never Saw It Coming, which is um, a little bit near the tail end of the record. It is one of the more quieter songs. I was wondering if you could just take us through either the inspiration of that song or, or some of the behind the scenes of how that song kind of came to be in its final form.
1: Yeah, well, um, Neve actually wrote that song, and it's the first song that Neve's written that we've recorded. And also the first song that someone has sung like, lead vocals on that isn't Anna. So, because it was such a personal song, so it just made sense for Neve to sing on it. And like, they've got such an incredible voice. So, yeah, it worked out really well. Um, it, it's a song like very, very close to her heart, and it t- took like a while to get it right. Like we, we tried a lot of different forms and it probably took like maybe one of the longest to record because um, it just had to be like perfect and how Neve saw the vision. And in the end, like, I think she's so happy with it. I'm so happy with it. I think it's one of my favorites on the album as well. And yeah, I'm just so happy people can listen.
0: It is a gorgeous track. And so I kind of loved it for something that was so personal that she was able to kind of pull that off and, and have it. As part of her own, not of her own, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I would love to, to kind of know, as mentioned, you are four separate songwriters that seem to work within this band like in such a beautiful manner. Um, Jada, what was it that originally drew you to music when you first started like writing music or lyric writing? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: Yeah well I guess I've been playing music since I was little but I was like playing classical piano like really not into pop or rock music at all um and then as I got older I think my sister handed me a iPod Nano in year eight which had like all of her indie <laughs> tracks on it and I just started like just falling in love with music. Like I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like Cage the Elephant, Arctic Monkey's the Strokes. Like <laughs> just like this whole world of music I hadn't delved into before. Um and then again, still at this stage, I hadn't really played any like modern instrument. It was just like recorder and piano and I dabbled and trombone for a bit. But, um, before the band, we had like a sleepover and watched school of rock and decided to start a band, which is really fun. And I picked up a bass guitar. And I think that was like the first time I picked up an instrument and be like, whoa, this is really cool. Like I'm actually having fun <laughs> playing this and not just playing it. Cause like my parents and my school have told me to.
0: absolutely love that. Um, what was it that Drew you to then forming a band from there? And I guess what was the inception of Teen Jesus and the Gene Teasers?
1: Yeah, well, I guess after that sleepover, that's when the band started because we like woke up the next day and we're like, let's start a band. That was when I picked up a bass <laughs> guitar for the first time. Scarlett picked up a guitar for the first time. Anna has always been able to sing, and Neve's been playing drums for a while. But uh, I remember we like, like, we just formed this band, we played, uh, covered Angus and Julia Stone's Big Jet Plane for the first time. And it sounded awful. It sounded so bad. And I think our names uh, changed from Dandelion and the Enigmas to Vinyl Fluid and then to Teen Jesus and the Gene Jesus. and I'm so happy we changed it. But it kind of just, like, literally started from day dot after that sleepover, and then we just were Teen Jesus. Like, and, it, yeah, I guess that's how it's always been.
0: That's incredible. I, I absolutely love that. I was going to um, touch on it. I know that yourselves, you've talked about it in press before, I guess on the origin of the name um, of the band, which is just always anytime you see it on like a gig poster or a festival lineup, it is something that I feel like anyone I speak to brings kind of a smile to their face just because the name is so oh. unique. Um, you just mentioned too before, were there any other names that were considered for the band that kind of didn't make the cut?
1: I think those were the main main two was, yeah, Dandelion and the Enigmas and Vinyl Fluid, um, which, yeah, both awful names, but Teen Jesus wasn't going to make the cut. Teen Jesus had been suggested and we were like, oh, that's a bit too out there. I think we were like 15, 16 at the time, so like we kind of, you know, didn't want to be too too crazy. Um, (laughs) And I think like, two minutes before our first show, we ran up to the MC and we're like, can we change our name to Teen Jesus and the Teen Teasers? And then he announced it out. And I think pretty sure Scott, N- and Anna didn't even know that we'd asked the MC to change <laughs> the name. Like, I think we just kind of broad dogged it, went in and we're like, this is our name now, like suck it up. And yeah, but I'm really, really happy we did. It does take up pretty much like the whole line of every bill it's on, which is <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs>
0: What was it? There was a festival recently. It was, um, oh my gosh, I'm struggling to remember which one it was, but exactly what you just said in terms of that you've got three or four bands across each line and then just yourselves, which is almost like it's not like a sub headline, but I feel like you guys are unique in that you've got your you've got your own lines, so that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind of it's kind of great. We didn't mean for it to be that way, but I'm very <laughs> glad it is. It feels like a publicity stunt.
0: It, no, it's worked out very well. It doesn't seem intentional, but it just kind of it works out well for yourselves um, in terms of the live setting, uh, yourselves and the band. Uh, you're taking the album out on the road across November for some shows around australia how are you feeling about finally being able to play a number of these songs on if not all of these songs to a crowd
1: i'm just so excited like a lot of them we've actually started playing a couple of them in our live shows so treat me better i love you um or the ones that are released this so salt used to be fun um but it's just been so much fun yeah playing them live and people will be able to hear them um and they're being so well received and yeah when we do the uh the headline show and we're going to be playing I think like 80% of the album um yeah I'm just so keen to see how people like take them and like if they like them or not and people enjoy us playing it live because they might enjoy it on Spotify they might not enjoy hearing it live so it's exciting to see people's reactions.
0: I'm sure that there's going to be um I'm sure that you're gonna find most people are going to love the
1: <laughs> love the up- in, <laughs> in the live
0: setting. It's gonna be um very exciting, I know. Um I think we're heading along to the the Unibar show in Adelaide, so very excited to oh, um, yeah. see you when you're there. Um that's the first there,
1: show on the tour, I think. So that's exciting.
0: Exactly. I'm not gonna lie, it was um that we got in there first, so thank you for that. Um,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> um with these songs, is there a song in particular that you're looking forward from the record to playing live to kind of show to people?
1: Yeah, um, I think Treat Me Better is like, because I've learned all the songs on the album now to play and Treat Me Better is definitely my favourite to play. It's like got the fattest riff ever and it's just like <laughs> it hits so hard when you play it live and oh, I'm just so excited to like see people's reactions when we play it and I feel like people are going to like get really, really hyped up,
0: which is which is cool. 100% I know yeah as, as mentioned a number of people I've spoken to not just in Adelaide but around the country are excited for these shows I know there's a um a super special show in December as well where you guys are supporting the Foo Fighters which just seems not crazy but I imagine it is kind of uh, what what are your thoughts on, <laughs> on I think supporting crazy Day is Girl. an excellent
1: yeah. word for it it is pretty crazy <laughs> like Before the Foo Fighters, the biggest venue we've ever played in is, like, probably the venues we've been playing on the DMA's tour, which, like, a 2000, I think Amy Park is 30,000 or something. So it's Mm -hmm. just going to be, like, an insane show. Um, Like, we've all been, um, like, massive Nirvana fans for a very, very long time, as well as massive Foo Fighter fans, of course. Um, But, like, I think just playing with Dave Grohl is, like, something that I never, ever, ever thought was a possibility, like, if you told, like, literally even, like, 20-year-old me that you're going to be playing with the Foo Fighters in a stadium in Melbourne, I'd, I'd just be like, shut up, you're lying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how did you guys, Um, I guess, how was, how was the news broken to you? How did you find out that that was going to happen?
1: Uh, we were actually all together for um, rehearsal, and our managers called us up, and they were like, sit down, guys, and we we're like, oh, no, like because our managers are incredible, but they can be very like straight faced sometimes. And you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to get good news or bad news. So we're also mm-hmm. in there, they're either thinking that like we've gone bankrupt or like we've been canceled or something or something really cool is going to happen. <laughs> and then we're like, yeah, sit down. And they're like, the Foo Fighters asked you to support them. And we're like, no way, like impossible. And turns out, I think um, you go into a pool for those big shows and like, um, like usually like the, booking agent will like kind of pick out um the bands in the pool but it turns out food fighters actually pick out the bands directly themselves from the pool which is really cool knowing that that they've they've chosen us personally
0: that's so super exciting i can't wait to see some footage and photos and everything else and and possibly at some point have you um yourself and the band back on the podcast to discuss how it went and and just everything so very excited for that yeah, as well yeah yeah i'd
1: love that yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, the gig itself, there is a tiny bittersweet kind of um, moment to it. And I'm also, I'm also actually not sure if this has been mentioned yet. So if this is not public news, please tell me and we'll just cut it out of the episode, um, that it is going to be Scarlett's last show with the band, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is going to be. I think it is public knowledge. Um, yeah, it definitely is a bittersweet moment. Um, it's a pretty good show to end it on, which is incredible. One hundred percent, and like going to be something that she'll remember forever, and we all will, which is so good. But um, I think she's definitely uh, come to terms with the decision now of not being able to play live shows anymore. Um, and I'm just glad that we get to play these last couple of shows with her and end it in like the most insane way possible. Like, it's pretty
0: cool. I think if you're um if you're going to step back from a project doing your own debut album tour and then ending it with the Foo Fighters is a pretty strong way to to end it
1: 100% like I feel like (laughs) it's the best way to go
0: exactly (laughs) um Jada we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to at the moment is there anything that's um currently on high rotation for yourself
1: oh I don't know um Been really into this band called Wombo lately, like W-O-M-B-O. They're really cool. Um, Also Gut Health from Melbourne, been really getting into them. Um, And the other day I was listening to an awful amount of Jeff Buckley and it was making me really sad and I was like, I should turn this off. It's never a good idea, but (laughs) was rinsing him the other day. Yeah, I guess like I've been into kind of post-punk at the moment um, but yeah, it changes a lot. Depends on what mood I'm
0: in. 100%. It's always good to kind of mix it up with different genres. And again, I can very much understand the, um, what is it? The Jeff Buckley kind of K-hole you can fall into when you just kind oh, of get Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: um jada thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today i do appreciate it congratulations on i love you which is the debut record from teen jesus and the gene teasers it's out right now we'll make sure there are links in the podcast for people to buy the record and catch you on tour um but yeah thank you again
1: thank you thanks so much for having me on it's been great